Hey, thank you for tuning in again to From My Standpoint. I'm your host, Josh C. Jones. Now, on this special episode, we're going to talk about Easter. I wanted to take another look at this special day and maybe view it through a different perspective. Or if you've already thought about this perspective, we'll at least revisit that perspective and renew our understanding. Now, Easter, as we know, is the day we celebrate... No, not the bunny that supposedly puts eggs everywhere or the other animals that try to be the Easter bunny. Remember the Cadbury commercial? Okay, I probably shouldn't have said that. That's product placement, but those are good. No, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the sweet taste of victory over the grave. We celebrate the richness of God's mercy. We celebrate the redemptive love of God. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 4, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Ooh, that's interesting right there, isn't it? Without Jesus rising from the dead, well, he would be considered just another prophet or teacher, as some religions view him. But his resurrection puts the nail in the coffin, so to speak, about the false teachings about Jesus just being a man and not the Son of God that these other religions proclaim. And as we know, history has proven that Jesus was a real person on this earth. And if Christ didn't die, we could not be saved. But what is a resurrection without first having death? It would be impossible. Resurrection is to bring back to life. It is the state of one risen from the dead. So, without someone first dying, there could not be a resurrection. When we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, the only God to ever rise again. No other so-called religion can say that their God has died and risen again. When their gods die, well, they're dead. But what does the resurrection mean? What was the purpose of it? Why does it matter so much? Before Jesus was resurrected, he was first crucified. Jesus was crucified, which means he suffered immensely. He was not only whipped until his back was shredded like cheese, beaten until his body was bruised, spit upon with the saliva of lies, accusation, and acidic evil, stripped of all human covering and dignity, had a crown of sharp, dirty, bent thorns shoved into his skull, feeling the biting sting of dozens, if not hundreds, of small needle-like wood splinters dragging and digging and forcing their way through his skin and into his brain, forcibly humiliated in the eye of even his followers, mocked, laughed at, hated, ridiculed, threatened, and most likely had dirt, mud, trash, and unthinkable excrement thrown at him, suffered immense mental stress, emotional distress, physical torture, and spiritual death, feeling his skin being torn from his hands and feet, experiencing the suffocating pressure of his lungs collapsing in on themselves, his muscles being torn, his ligaments stretched beyond capacity, his body convulsing from exhaustion and pain, his head pounding like a thousand migraines, his peace of mind filling with doubt, his neck and back racked with pain from the beaten and bent and collapsing spinal cord, and the worst pain of all, the feeling of abandonment, of being forsaken, the separation from God, the Father. What a horrible death. 
What a horrible feeling. What a horrible justice. What a horrible Friday. But what a loving, merciful, and gracious God. We celebrate Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday, and we honor him for his sacrifice on Good Friday. But how often do we stop and truly think about exactly what happened? Why it happened and why these two days are not just important for all of humanity, but they're also altars of reminders for what should be our punishment, our deaths. Have you ever thought about the cross, you know, Jesus' death and resurrection, maybe like this before? We are not forgiven of our sins just because we confess them to the Lord and quote-unquote repent. I mean, how many times have you confessed and repented of a sin which you then committed again in your life? How often do you ask God for forgiveness? Didn't he already forgive your sins? We are not saved just because, just because we accept Jesus as our Savior. And this is something I was thinking about. What about those who accepted Jesus as their Savior while he was still a baby, a child, living on this earth in human form? We are not going to heaven as righteous and holy and justified before God just because, just because we believe in Jesus. Yes, belief and confession as Jesus as your Lord and Savior is a prerequisite for being forgiven, saved, made righteous, holy, and justified before God, but that alone is not why we are made so. God is a just God, and this means that God is fair. He is not persuaded or swayed in his judgment by a personal preference. He is impartial. His character never changes. He has no favorites. He gives to each person as each person deserves according to his laws. He does not bend or break his laws for any person, not even himself. So, in being just, God must uphold the punishment, the consequences, the judgment for sin, which every person is guilty of. Romans 3.23 states that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. That punishment for sin? Yeah, it's death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin must be death. Physical, spiritual death. Eternal separation from God. This means eternal separation from truth from light, from peace, from joy, from goodness, from love, from fellowship, every good thing and all of God's laws, both physical and spiritual. And it means eternal torment, eternal pain and suffering and darkness and hate and fear and mental, physical, emotional anguish. It means isolation and it means no laws, meaning quite possibly no sense of gravity or sensation of feeling any boundaries. This punishment must be upheld for each sinner, for each person, in order for God to be a just God. God made a covenant with his people, with all people, that required blood sacrifices for any type of atonement from sin. These were always temporary, conditional, and difficult, requiring a perfect being without defect in order to qualify. But since no one and no thing was truly perfect— the sacrifice must have been done every year, continuously and according to very strict standards. Man could never forgive himself. 
Man and his deeds could never save himself. Our deeds cannot save us. No amount of good deeds, continuous sacrifice, rituals, or law could ever make man righteous, holy, or justified before God. So, what changed? What happened? God's mercy happened. On Good Friday, God's only Son, Jesus, was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's from Isaiah 53.5. And I like the message version of that too, which says, But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. God is a just God. He is also a merciful God. God had his son, Jesus, take our place on that cross. He stepped in, accepted our transgressions, carried our sins upon his shoulders, suffered our punishment of death, of torment, of pain, of suffering, of darkness, of fear, mental, physical, emotional anguish, of isolation and separation from the Father. A price must be paid. The covenant must be upheld. A sacrifice must be offered, or God would not be a just, never-changing, loving God. You and I, we were crucified, whipped, beaten, spit upon, stripped, forcibly humiliated, mocked, ridiculed, threatened, had dirt and mud and trash and unthinkables thrown in our direction. You and I suffered mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, felt our skin being torn from our hands and feet, felt the pressure of our lungs collapsing on themselves, had our muscles torn, our ligaments stretched beyond capacity, shook violently while our body convulsed from exhaustion and pain. We felt the pounding of a thousand hammers on our skull, had our minds filled with doubt, our neck and back racked with pain from the beaten, bent, and collapsing spinal cord, and lived an eternal life abandoned, isolated, forever separated from God. Hopeless. Or at least that is what each one of us, every person on earth, deserves for our sins from a loving and just God true justice. But Romans 3.23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. It was a gift. What happened was that God, in his infinite love, showed us mercy by taking our sins, our punishment, our deserved death upon himself through his son, Jesus. Jesus stepped up and took our place. The only perfect, without defect, without sin person to ever live. The ultimate perfect and final sacrifice to an eternal covenant with a just God. Now, Hebrews 8.10 and Hebrews 8.12 says, This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. That's the Holy Spirit. I will be their God and they will be my people. 
all those who call on the name of Jesus, confess their sins, and believe in their hearts that he died for our sins, rose again, and is the Son of God. That's what he meant there. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. What happened was that God completed the covenant. Yes, he completed the covenant. He kept his word. He kept his law. He is a just God. He showed fairness that he would not be persuaded or swayed in his judgment. He would not and did not arbitrarily ignore or change the covenant he made and the punishment for sin. No, he was not impartial. He showed no favorites. He showed no favorites. He gave his only begotten son to die. His character never changes. He does not lie or go back on his word. Hebrews 8.13 says, By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. What happened was that Jesus became our sin so that we might be free from the curse, the punishment of sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That was John 3.16. It is the what that makes us saved by believing in Jesus and confessing him as our Savior. It is the how that makes us forgiven of our sins, not the mere confession of those sins. It is the what, the ultimate, perfect, final sacrifice of the only one without sin, without blemish, without imperfection, that makes the how possible. How? Because of the love and mercy and grace of God and the what of the cross. Jesus could now stand in our place as our advocate before God and declare us righteous and holy and justified, thus saving us and bringing us into the eternal presence of God, into heaven. Because of what I call the oxymoron, which is Good Friday, where Jesus was beaten bruised, tortured, crucified, and separated, the covenant was fulfilled. And I call it the oxymoron because we think of good, Good Friday, why would you think of someone being beaten and lied about and tortured and murdered as a Good Friday? But without that, the covenant wouldn't have been fulfilled and you and I would be on that cross. A just God handed down a just judgment and delivered a just punishment for an unjust sin our unjust sin. And the covenant of the law was completed once and for all. I mean, that's a great thing. That is a good Friday. John 19.30 says, Jesus said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Jesus willingly gave up his spirit. He willingly died on my cross and your cross for my sins and for your sins. Because of what we call Easter, and what we celebrate is Easter, because Jesus rose from the dead, as it says in Revelations 1, 17-18, the first and the last absolute deity, the Son of God, and the ever-living One, living in and beyond all time and space, He died. But see, He is alive forevermore. And he has the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. We, by grace and through faith, are saved. Jesus conquered death and the grave. That is a good Friday. 
and a good Easter to celebrate, right? Only one God loved the world so much that he gave his only son to be tortured, beaten, crucified, and sent to hell in eternal separation from God, which was our just punishment, only to be resurrected and sit at God's right hand as a final blood sacrifice to wash us clean of our sins and to advocate for our justification and righteousness and holiness before the great judge all because of a just God and his character of pure goodness, unconditional love, abounding mercy, and absolute holiness. No other so-called God could ever, has ever, or will ever do such a thing. And this is why we celebrate Easter.